friends, you've now entered the Man Cave Podcast, unplugged and unfiltered. This is a podcast where the topics are mostly about sports, but sometimes we mix in some other items, like, is Bigfoot real? Who is the best Batman? You're guided through each episode by a man who's the man for his time and place, Dan Casper. So welcome to the Man Cave, and stick around for a while. You're going to like it here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by our good friends from Hy-V and Toys and Ford. Hopefully, you all had a fantastic weekend and a good Easter weekend. Big thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, and uh, we're going to be chatting a little bit about uh, the Brewers with uh, their hot start continuing so far. What has been a bigger surprise to you? Has it been the offense or the bullpen? I've got my pick, and it might be in the minority part of it, but uh, some interesting numbers when it comes to the the Brewers' bullpen and and their offense, too. So, going to hit that up. Also, going to talk a little bit about uh, golf, recapping the Masters, and I make the case why I think golf right now, from a talent standpoint, is in a pretty darn good spot. Pretty darn good spot. So, we got that coming up, but... As uh, we kick off or as we start uh, this this podcast, like we're going to try to do for every single episode of the Man Cave Podcast, a little icebreaker, okay? So I'm still looking for a creative name. Come on, don't don't be shy, people. Send me some creative names, okay? Creative name. I don't like icebreaker. I know it's an icebreaker, but I need something different. So, But uh, this one, again, randomly drawn, looked up in that, is what would be the job that you would be doing if you weren't doing what you're doing now? Uh, honestly, I think, and this has kind of grown the last uh, few years, like, I, I, I've kind of thought about this a little bit more. I'd be a teacher, pro- I'd, I'd love to be like a professor, like, I just, I like that title professor, but, um, like, like history. History would be the subject. Now, when I was starting college and that, I first thought about maybe doing elementary school, elementary education, then it kind of turned like, okay, maybe phi ed teacher and that, but... And then anybody who knew me kind of growing up, the fact that I thought about wanting to be a teacher and such, like I remember my family thought I'd be a good teacher, like elementary-wise, working with kids and that, but me actually, you know, trying to be a teacher and that probably might have surprised some people. But uh, this has grown like the last few years, like history. I would love to like teach uh, a sports history class in college. Like I, I, I there's so much out there, like I I. I, I worry, I don't like the, the thought of sports history and, and, and history and like in football, basketball, baseball, those stories kind of getting lost and, and not being told. Like I love telling the story. I love research and, and, and learning different things about sports history. And, and uh, I actually have a, a history minor from college, and I was always like a big American revolutionary you know, history buff and, and that sort of thing, like that that era. But if I were to have a different job right now, I think I'd be like a teacher. And if I can really maybe narrow it down, it'd be like a sports history professor. Like colleges, you know, colleges have these courses out there now that's, you know, like Star Trek or Star Wars or whatever and, and some of these other ones. Like I would love to do like a sports history 
class and and keep those stories alive keep the history alive a little bit or a professional bigfoot hunter too throw that one in there so that's the icebreaker question for this morning so but let's get into it let's talk a little baseball here brewers picking up another series win this weekend this time against the st louis cardinals Yesterday it was uh, highlighted by a 6-1 to victory. Freddie Peralta looking uh, pretty sharp again, going six innings, giving up just four hits, one earned run, and seven strikeouts to pick up his second win of the season. Willie Adamas went three for four, including a home run and a double, three RBIs. Christian Yelich, three for five, and picking up his first uh, his first home run of the season. If you go back to Saturday here, Brewers were blanked in that game. Uh, Eric Lauer picking up the, the loss for the Brew Crew, his first loss of the season. Montgomery for the Cardinals picking up his second win of the season and rewind it uh, back to Friday where the Brewers uh, shut out the Cardinals 4 to nothing. Brandon Woodruff picking up his first win. But if you look at quality starts, another quality start for Brandon Woodruff. Five and a third, four hits, four strikeouts, zero earned runs in that game. So now the uh, now the Brew Crew start that West Coast trip. They're going to be on the West Coast for for quite a bit here, starting with Arizona. It's going to be a late game tonight, eight forty. Late game Tuesday, eight forty. Wednesday, two forty. Then they've got four games against the Padres, and then the Mariners right after that. Before finally returning home for a weekend series against the Boston Red Sox, which starts on April 21st. So, but the question that I kind of threw out there to y'all was, with these nine games, what has kind of surprised you the most so far? Has it been the bullpen, which we kind of went through some of the numbers. I'll bring them back up here in, in just a second. Or has it been the offense, from uh, of this Milwaukee Brewers team. I put up a, a Twitter poll on my Twitter account in case anybody wants to to vote on there otherwise you can you can hit me up with with a quick text. But here are just some of the just some of the numbers so far. Now, we don't know if this is obviously going to be a a something that's going to be consistent throughout the whole season, right? We're just 9 games into this thing. We'll see how it all plays out, but first glimpse, you know, week a little over a week into the season, nine games in here. Pretty darn good stuff, both from the from the bullpen and the offense. But from the bullpen side of things, looking at Adam McCulvey's uh, article up here on Brewers.com, this is what this is one line that he put in there. The Brewers bullpen, thought to be a potential weak spot going into the season, has arguably been their greatest strength, allowing runs in only one of Milwaukee's first nine games. So the first nine games, only one game has the bullpen allowed any runs. Brewers relievers now hit the road, riding a 23 and a third inning scoreless streak, going back to the series finale at Wrigley Field. They have Major League Baseball's best bullpen ERA at .84, and according to Fangraphs, despite the league's lowest strikeout rate. Council saying they're doing a heck of a job. They're sharing the load. 
They're pitching at different times when they have to. That's spelled a great start for them. So you look at those numbers. You look at the, the results so far. Not bad. Offense. Tenth right now in Major League. In all of Major League, we're looking at just the entire Major League Baseball, not just National League. Tenth in Major League Baseball in runs per game. You're looking at some of the other statistics when it comes to when it comes to the this uh, this Brewers offense. You want to look at let's say batting average again. We know we're just like nine games, ten games for some teams in here into this thing. Brewers are fifth in batting average. Number one is actually the St. Louis Cardinals, but Brewers fifth, two seventy six on base percentage. Brewers are second again. This is all across Major League Baseball. Second. At 365, the only team higher than them, Tampa Bay Rays, who are off to a fantastic start to the season. Slugging percentage. Brewers, seventh best, 442. OPS. Brewers, fourth best, 808. Tampa Bay, number one, and a 967. How about total bases? Tampa Bay, no big surprise. Number one, uh, Milwaukee, literally halfway, 15th. Home runs. And remember, this was uh, a team who didn't hit any home runs in that uh, opening weekend series against the Cubbies. Eighth most in the entire majors at 12. They're tied with Baltimore right now. Tampa Bay, doubling that, 24. 24. Uh, Milwaukee is 7th. In total RBIs, again, Tampa Bay, 74, Milwaukee coming in at 48. Uh, The other thing on here, too, Milwaukee is in the top five in taking walks. Dodgers, number one at 58. Milwaukee is at number four with 43. Strikeouts, they're halfway. They're they're 15th, too. So those are just some other... Other offense or, or batting numbers, batting statistics to kind of get uh, over or to, to kind of pass along as well. So we went through that, got some of the numbers from, from the bullpen and such. I feel like the majority of our listeners will probably pick the offense as the biggest surprise so far. I feel like, again, if you ask uh, the the national national analysts out there or, you know, Maybe some of the writers and, and people who cover the team, they may pick the bullpen as, well, Adam McCauley with that one line on there, calling it the, the, the biggest strength so far of this team. And honestly, I think the thing that's – I'm going to agree with the bullpen pick. I know I might be in the minority with our listeners here, but outside of Devin Williams heading into this season, we didn't really know anybody else. We saw a little bit of from Matt Bush last year, but again – was there anything to be really excited about? No. You got a Rule 5 draft pick in the bullpen, Gardner, in there. And and you got a, a, you know, you probably recognize a couple of other names here. But it was a big old question mark. And I'm not saying the offense wasn't a big old question mark heading into this season either. But bullpen was like, okay, I, I for, for me, I thought to begin the season, the bullpen might be a little shaky until we find out certain roles. To see, okay, who's going to be a player that stands up? Who's going to be a player that stands out and and kind of you know secures a spot, maybe being that setup guy or 
you know, maybe a guy that is going to be more of an early type of relief role as a pair as, as opposed to a late inning type of dude there. So I look at it. I to to me, if I had to pick between the two, I'm picking the bullpen. I'm picking. It's close. And I'm not trying to downplay anything at all from what we have seen with this with this Milwaukee Brewers offense because they have been pretty darn special uh, to begin the season and obviously have surpassed expectations at the beginning part of the season. But for me, the, the thing that surprises me the most is the bullpen because outside of Devin Williams, we didn't know anything of, of how this bullpen was going to play out. We didn't know anything. And there was probably even maybe just a little bit of, of question marks. Hey, could Devin Williams be a, a top flight closer? We saw a little bit of that last year. He had to be transitioned and thrown into that role after the Josh Hader trade. But for some, there might have been a little bit of like, okay, this is going to be the first time he's heading into the season as the full-on, full-time closer. Can he do it? So there was questions surrounding this this entire bullpen right now. And you got to give them some credit. You got to give them some credit. They've been pitching pretty, pretty good right now. We just went through some of the numbers, some of the best in, in Major League Baseball. Again, I get it, nine, ten games in. But this is all that we have to work with right now. So for me, I think the thing that surprises me the most is the bullpen. Just because I didn't know what to expect from them. I didn't know a lot of these guys. Nobody knew a lot of these guys. Nobody knew roles outside of Devin Williams for cry eye. So that's been a nice, pleasant surprise so far for me. And they've been getting it done. I mean, these guys have been coming in and, you know, holding on the leads. We're not seeing these late inning collapses. We're not seeing leads get shrunk or, or getting taken away or, or blown opportunities, blown saves, or nothing like that. And it's a bunch of no-namers outside of Devin and the bullpen getting it done. In the offense, again, I'm not trying to disrespect them by any means. I'm not trying to throw shade on them at at all because they have been absolutely fantastic and they've been a lot of fun to watch here too I mean last week we were talking about the youngsters and we were talking about the 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 newbies you know you look at this past weekend Willie Adamas having a couple good games there Yelich getting off the home run schneid with his first dinger yesterday and we were kind of wondering, okay, when these young guys, when these new guys, maybe when they go a little you know, a little bit of a slow start or a little bit of a slump and not saying anybody has, but will these other guys, like the, the veterans, if you will, guys who've been around for a few years, will they be up to par at that time to kind of help fill in uh, the gap or, or fill in when those new guys and younger guys are, are off on a little bit of a slump? And, well, this past weekend, Willie Domas had himself a weekend. Christian Yelich. And you look at some of these these numbers from these guys. I mean, Brian Anderson, nine games in, 370, OPS of a 1.227. Uh, Garrett Mitchell, 286, but his OPS, 1.047. Willie Adams, 
344, 984 OPS. Bryce Terang, 304, 885 OPS. Joey Weimer, 296, 868 OPS. And I, I know we said it last week, but the thing that... I, I look at a guy like Bryce Terang again. In nine games, he's played in all these games. Two strikeouts. Excuse me, four strikeouts. Four strikeouts. But that's compared to Yelich, who has 13. Uh, Brian Anderson, who's been like one of the league's hottest hitter, has 10. Garrett Mitchell also has 10. But Bryce Durang's just got four. Just four. Joey Weimer's got five in eight games. You would expect maybe some guys making their major league debuts, these youngsters kind of being a little nervous, maybe a little apprehensive up at the plate. No. Heck, even Jesse Winker. You know, the DH, 308, 772 OPS, just four strikeouts. Jesse Winker hasn't even hit a home run yet. And this was a guy that I think, again, when we go to spring training and the offseason and you read all these articles and, and, and these predictions, and a lot of them had Jesse Winker as a, as, as a top candidate to be you know, like a bounce-back player or expected to put up some decent offensive numbers and going back to what he was doing with the Cincinnati Reds. And, I mean, he's getting on base and he's hitting the ball, but he's got a couple doubles. Eight total hits, seven RBIs. We haven't seen the long ball yet from him, but he's getting it done in other ways. So, I mean, there's there's a lot to like about this team so far, and they've got, you know, Arizona's coming in six and four. I would say the pitching kind of lines up nicely for the for the Brewers in this series. You got Wade Miley, then you got Corbin Burns, and then Brandon Woodruff. We'll see if Corbin Burns, maybe Corbin Burns needs to go up against a team like like Arizona or such. You know, normally I would say like, hey, I wish we had Corbin Burns and and Brandon Woodruff all slated to go up against the Padres here. And Brandon Woodruff has been off to a good start here too, but maybe Wade, maybe maybe Corbin just needs to start against a team like the Diamondbacks to kind of you know like, all right, I just need one of those starts. You know, kind of get my mojo right, kind of get in a rhythm here a little bit. Now let's go. But I mean, otherwise on paper, it's it's setting up for I think the Brewers to to win another series here against Arizona, and then the early part it's a it's a big early four game matchup against the Padres. Now if everything kind of plays out here. You'll have uh, Eric Lauer getting the start on Thursday, which I'm sure makes a lot of Brewers fans probably a little bit nervous. Then you got Freddie Peralta on Friday. Freddie's maybe been their best starter through the first, uh, we'll see what Wade Miley does tonight, but through the first couple turns of the starting rotation, Freddie, I think you can make a case, has been probably their best starter. Then you're going to get you know Wade Miley on there too. Against uh, against the Padres, so actually, let's see. So Miley, barring any injuries or anything like that, so Miley getting the start tonight. Corbin, Brandon, Lauer, Freddie, Miley. 
So it should set up that Burns is going to get the, the Sunday game against the Padres. In that fourth and final game. Now we got a schedule up here in the studio so I can kind of look at it and count that way. And then Seattle would be Brandon Woodruff, Lauer, and, Pr- and, and Freddie. All right. All right, I like it. So with the start of the West Coast trip coming up here, three against Arizona, four against uh, the Padres, three against the Mariners, that's ten games on this West Coast trip. Give me some predictions on what you think, how many wins, how many Ws do you think the Brew Crew will get on this West Coast swing against the Diamondbacks, against the Padres, and against the Mariners. And Padres and Mariners, remember, high expectations. Padres maybe a little bit more so than uh, than the Mariners at this point, but and you look at the Mariners so far this season, they're four and six to start the year. Arizona's the opposite, six and four to start off. But give me a number. How many do you think? Uh, seven out of ten were the Brewers. Did do, do, do the Brewers win all three of their series? Maybe they split against the Padres, take two and two. What do you got? Give me some fun predictions. Get your magic eight balls out or something like that, and let's uh, crisp the balls out and get some predictions. Let's have some fun with this. So, But again, what has surprised you the most in the first nine starts of the season, first nine games of the season for the Brewers? Has it been that bullpen? We went through the numbers. Some of, uh, some of Major League's best, not just National League, Major League. Or has it been the offense? Again, I feel like the majority of our listeners are probably going to go with the offense, but I feel like if you ask people, who, you know, the writers or the national people, they may say the bullpen. Let's take a quick break and let's talk some masters. Let's talk some golf after these quick words. Who doesn't love hy V? Once you walk in the store, you're in for quite the shopping experience. So grab yourself a coffee and check out everything Hy-V has to offer. From their top-of-the-line produce section, A-plus bakery, a deli department that includes so many different cheeses you didn't even know existed, a superb meat department, and even shoes, plus the best wine and spirits department in the area. And once you're done shopping or need to grab a bite to eat, they have many different options in their food court, including the popular Wahlburgers. Experience the Hy-V experience yourself today. Are you looking to purchase a new vehicle with that tax return this year? Hey, it sounds like you need to make a quick stop to Toys and Ford. From the moment you step into their showroom, you're more than just a customer. You're an honored guest. Toys and Ford's only aim is to serve your needs to the fullest, and the team at Toys and Ford will go the extra mile to provide you with compelling options for new and used vehicle shopping. Purchasing a vehicle, that can be a big decision, and Toys and Ford knows that. So make it easier with the help from Toys and Ford. Masters, so we got them in. We got uh, we got the whole tournament in. Got it done yesterday. It really looked iffy, didn't it? Somehow, I mean, they did have some rain delays and such. There was like some monsoon stretches. It seemed like it was it done Saturday and such, but they got it all in. Finished it up yesterday. So thank you to the weather golf gods out there for at least parting the skies for a little bit to make sure they could get it in. But uh, John Rahm, your Masters winner, entering the day yesterday. It was Brooks Kepka, but uh, John Rahm uh, getting it done. Kepka struggling a little bit there. He finished tied for second with another Live Tour player, Phil Mickelson, which it, it, it's uber impressive to see 
whatever whatever you know your your thoughts are on the whole live tour sort of thing. But Phil Mickelson for his age, was he fifty two? And putting up eight under second place in the Masters, pretty darn impressive. Pretty darn impressive. Um, but nonetheless, John Rahm getting the victory, his second major championship. Already had a U.S. Open, but now he's got a Masters. Now he has a green jacket in his uh, in his arsenal. And I was thinking about this yesterday. You know, when we asked for for Masters picks from from you all, and we had picks from all over the place. You know, Rory was probably the most popular one. Rory obviously struggled. But we had picks. We had different players all across the board. You had Rory. You had you had John Rahm. You had Justin Thomas, who was mine. Didn't make the cut. Uh, you had Cam Smith, Cameron Smith. You had maybe Morikawa. You had, you know, Spieth. And I was thinking about this yesterday. And I think in terms of just like talent wise, the the sport of golf, taking away the 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 whole dynamics between live and, and PGA, but just looking at just looking at the golfers that the sport has. Talent wise, I think it's in pretty darn good shape. Now, viewership, I don't know what the ratings are for for the Masters. I haven't seen them yet. And we all know if Tiger's in contention, ratings are going to spike. We all know that. But from just a straight-up talent and, like, parity standpoint, like, any given tournament a guy can win. Yeah, we've had guys go through some stretches, like John Rahm, right? He, he's been off to a fantastic start this year. Scotty Shuffler last year was off to a fantastic start. That let him, that kind of, you know, propelled him to, to a Masters win, too. But you think about these these names that we just mentioned. I didn't even mention like all of them. You know, Brooks Kepka was you know he uh, won that Live Tour event right before the Masters too, and it looked like he was on his way to to maybe winning the Green Jacket. But talent wise, this the sport has such a a good group of of talented players. I'm combining all of them for for this argument because I think let's let's be real here. If you watch golf, and, and golf is a is an acquired taste to watch. Okay, it's a, it's an acquired taste. Let's be real here. I would say that there's probably a lot of us right now that prefer to play it than to watch it. There's n- not everybody who plays golf can sit and watch a day's worth or can sit and watch somebody play 18 holes. It's an acquired taste. And for some, or maybe a big chunk, of, of fans out there, they only watch the Big Ten tournaments or the major championships. Right? I mean, not a lot of uh, fans are probably going to watch this weekend's tournament. Can you even name it? Probably not. You're, you're, you're paying attention to the main tournaments, the majors, that sort of thing. But it's an it's an acquired taste. It's an acquired taste. You, you have to be able to like just kind of plant your butt on the couch or the recliner and Watch a guy play 18 holes or groups. And I mean, it's, and, and the networks do a great job of going from one group to the other and, and kind of keeping the action flowing in there. But being real, it's, it's not for everybody. But it wasn't that long ago. I mean, when I was a teen and that, it was Tiger versus the field. 
and you were probably picking Tiger. Or at least a, a big chunk of fans were, were probably picking Tiger. You know, during his prime, during his heyday. If Tiger was in the tournament, Tiger was the odds on favor. And you look at the sport now. One, I mean, you could have Scotty Scheffler win it. You could have Justin Thomas winning it. You could have Rory winning it. You could have Spieth winning it. You could have Brooks Kepka winning it. You can have John Rahm winning it. I think the sport overall is just in a good spot talent-wise because they've got all that parity. They, that that a different guy can go out there and win it. Like, there's not, in my opinion, I mean, you, yeah, you've got the world golf rankings and, and number one in there, but I would argue that there is not one golfer right now that is just head and shoulders above everybody else. There isn't that guy. There is no buddy like Tiger when it was Tiger versus the field. There isn't. So I think that's 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 good in an essence that you've got different guys that are in tension week in and week out. But viewership wise, TV ratings wise, do people get into that? Probably not. Unless it's Tiger into the into the contention. Because Tiger was like even if even if you weren't a diehard golf fan, yeah, you play once in a while, but you know who Tiger is. So you're going to tune in if you find out on your phone, Tiger's in contention on a Sunday. Yeah, you're probably going to tune in a little bit, or at least a lot of people did. And right now there isn't that 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 golfer that's like, ooh, John Rahm's making a run. I'm going to tune in. I'm going to turn in and tune in. Probably not to the same effect that, that Tiger has. And it makes sense. I mean, it's 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 like that for a lot of the the best of the best or the goats or whatever and Tiger I think was also part of a generation like I'm raising my hand right now that really changed the sport I've said it probably thousands and thousands and thousands of times Tiger made it cool Tiger made it cool Tiger made it cool for a kid in a town of like 4,000 people to go out and play golf that was me made it cool to do that and if you're a kid, let's be real, when you're growing up, one of your main things that you're probably trying to do as a kid is to be cool. You're trying to, you know, be, you know, coolest kid, and you want to do stuff that's cool. Tiger made golf cool. It's like, it kind of like, okay, yeah, I can do that. I'll try that. And while I think the, the sport of golf right now is in a good spot talent-wise, they've got a lot of really, really talented good golfers if you're a diehard golf fan you're probably like i like this because we've got other guys that can win a tournament week in and week out that can win a major i mean we look at we we, when we did the masters picks it was like all over the place but i as far as like the ratings wise and like just that one guy that everybody's going to tune in on we ain't to the tiger effect yet and I don't know if we'll ever get there. You know, I don't know if there'll ever be another like tiger that could just, you know, set the ratings or all, set it apart. Like everybody's wondering who's going to be that next Tiger Woods. Remember Jordan Spieth was supposed to be that next guy. 
You know, it's always about like whenever we see some of the greatest in whatever sport it is, whatever sport it is, the next question, even while that player is still playing, it's like we have to ask, well, who's the next so and so? Who's the next LeBron? Who's the next Tom Brady? You know, we do it with with the draft coming up here. It's player comps. Well, he's the next Tom Brady. He's the next Aaron Rodgers. And we did that with golf. It was like, okay, who's going to be the next uh, Tiger or who's going to be the guy that can, you know, contend with Tiger? You know, LeBron and, and Jordan, and et cetera, et cetera. So again, to, I guess, sum it up is I think talent-wise, golf's in a really good spot. Got a lot of really good golfers in this sport. A lot of guys that are going to be around for a while, too, regardless if it's PGA or Live or whatever. They're always going to be in contention and such, but I'll be curious to see what the ratings were like. I mean, you had Phil in contention on Sunday. I haven't seen it. I'm sure they're out. I just I, I haven't looked them up yet. You had Phil in contention, making a run. Speed's making a run. A couple big names. Rom, a bigger name in the last couple years. Kepka. I mean, leaderboard had some big names up there, but... Were they as high as probably if Tiger was in contention? My guess would be no. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Again, brought to you by our good friends from Hy-Vee and Toyson Ford. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, rate, and review the Man Cave Podcast so other other people can find the podcast and tell your friends and family about the Man Cave Podcast. And don't forget, I want to hear from you too. Do a little Q&A. Hit me up on Twitter at D-A-N-K-A-S-P-E-R. Facebook.com slash Casper Sports. Remember Casper with a K. Or if you get the link on the podcast uh, description, whether whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us from, look in that podcast description. You'll see a link that you can leave us a voice message. All right? You don't have to dial a number or anything. You just pull it up on your phone, click record, leave us a voice message. We'll put it up on our podcast too. It doesn't have to be q and can be a little comment or something like that, too, or your thoughts and analysis as well. But, uh, again, big thanks to Hy-Vee and Toyson Ford for sponsoring the Man Cave Podcast, and big thanks to you for listening. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast.